Welcome to the Basketball and Brew podcast produced by Jude McLaren and I'm your host Dan Miller. Thank you for joining us tonight for this week's podcast and please help us out by subscribing to our podcast on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts and please follow us on Twitter. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, both right here in beautiful San Marcos, Texas. Pie Society, excellent pizza, excellent stop, great New York-style pizzas, beer, spirits, and more. Also, Zelix Ice House. When you come through San Marcos, stop for a cold one at Zelix Ice House and enjoy a good time with your friends. Tonight for episode 11 of Basketball and Brew, we are excited to welcome tonight's guest, St. Louis University assistant coach Phil Forte. As a player, Coach Forte was one of the best shooters in Texas high school history, and then same thing in the Big 12 history for Oklahoma State. Coach played and won a state championship for Flowered Mound Marcus right here in Texas, and then he's played four years for Oklahoma State, where he was three-time All-Big 12 honoree and became the school's all-time leading three-point make uh, shooter. And Coach Forte, I met Coach Forte at Sam Houston State, where he was an outstanding assistant coach for two years. And he's currently in his role as assistant coach at St. Louis University. And they have a heck of a team coming back next year. Coach Forte, thank you for coming on tonight uh, to Basketball and Brew. Dan, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. I know you've got uh, quite a crowded field on here before. So I'm excited (laughs) to be able to join those guys that have been on before me and uh, looking forward to Uh, hanging out here a little bit. Absolutely, Coach. And, you know, I'm excited to talk about St. Louis basketball because you're one of the rare teams in Division I that's returning five starters, get a player back from injury. I know you're going to have a great team. You're also about to take a trip uh, over to Spain and Italy and leaving here in a couple days. But before we talk about that, Coach, I want to dive right into shooting. Uh, You know, being a living here in Texas, everyone know Coach Phil Forte was a great shooter, not only in high school at Oklahoma State. And I know there's a lot of different things we want to discuss about shooting tonight, including your practice, your routines. Um, mm-hmm. But the first thing, just kind of just generally, Coach, what's the formula that made you such a great shooter? Um, well, first, I think as we talk about this a little more, there's going to be a lot of people that are probably uh, bored with what I did, it's nothing crazy. It's not rocket science. It's, you know, you get the right form and, you know, you break that down and from very Betty, Betty basic, you know, your guide hand, your follow through, your elbow in, you know, all of that, make sure you're not thumbing the ball or anything, no side spin and your form's right. And then just a lot of, lot of reps and that's what shooting is. And uh, it just takes time to build that muscle memory over and over and over. It's not a month, it's not six months, it's not a year even, you know, it's just every day for a long period of time. And for me, it kind of started in middle school. Uh, like most young kids, I thumbed the ball because I just wasn't strong enough. You go, I use a men's ball in eighth grade, you're on 10 foot hoop. And uh, so I had a whole summer where I didn't even shoot a three and basically got the little pad. You just, it's like a glove, you just, it's a plastic pad, you shove it in there and uh, keeps your guide hand straight to where you can't flick the ball at all. So did that for about two, two and a half months, didn't even shoot a three, just so my form would get right. And it got, my shot got worse before, you know, got better. I'm mm-hmm. playing AU games over the summer and I can't even shoot a three. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, you can't, you're not allowed. And as a young kid, it's hard. You, know, you want, it's the only thing you want to do when you run to the gym is run straight to three point line. Uh, so I had to break that habit. And then, Going in, it was around eighth grade year, going into my high school year as a freshman, uh, kind of just really sat down. I remember we went to AU Nationals 
uh, my summer of my eighth grade year, got back and just kind of sat down with my dad, like, hey, like, you know, what's my goal? Like, what, what do I want to do? Like, do right. I want to really play Division one basketball? Do I want to do that at a high level? You know, if I do, well, this is what I'm going to have to do. And it kind of right. started with, like, I got to be one of the best shooters in the country. I got to get to that point because I'm going to have to make up for so many other things out there. So um, I did some research, whatever. And actually, there's probably not a lot of people that may not even know this name, but Dave Hopla is the guy. Watched a video and kind of did his little shooting workout, going elbow mm-hmm. to elbow, wing corner, wing corner. Kind of started with that and ended up making 500 shots. It was 500. You know, you go make your 20, go to the free throw line, make your 10. And you have certain spots on the floor. You kind of start in and work your way out to three point right. line beyond. And kind of started with that and made 500 shots every day, every day, every day. And then I just, you kind of get addicted to it. You know, it started right. with that and then it got to 600. Then it got to 700, 800. And you build from it. You know, the, you get other trainers, you get, you, have more information, you work on other things, your ball handling, your shooting and all that you put together sure. to tweak your workout as my career got going in college. But that's kind of how it started. Not everything was makes, everything was off the move. I never shot in one shot or one spot more than once. I was always moving, right. elbow, wing, corner, running around, was never standing still. Um, and that's kind of where it started, took it from there. But I knew I wanted to play division. I had to do it. I had to be able to shoot the ball. I, I had I got right. to get to the point where if I was open, I couldn't miss. And then kind of took it from there. But that's kind of how I got started my eighth grade year heading into my freshman year of high school. Right. And coach, we, I definitely want to dive into that moving without the ball and, and being guarded once you're identified as such a great shooter. I know teams will do different things like face guard. And, but before we talk about that, coach, when you were in both varsity high school and then college, before practice starts, when you come into the gym and you have, I don't know what you would have, 20, 30 minutes before practice, what did your routine look like before practice? Um, it was probably the same since my freshman year of high school. You know, I got organized and had a plan um, anytime I walked into a gym. And mm-hmm. it would start with ball handling, five, 10 minutes. Um, and then I go into my form shooting. Again, it's the form shooting that everybody has seen. You know, you just have one hand and that's all you're doing. You're not even touching it with your guide hand. Going all the way back to the three-point line and NBA three was still with just one hand. making One hand. That back. Yeah, not even put my left hand on the ball. And then I'd go uh, into my mid-range shots, you know, going elbow to elbow, wing corner, wing corner. You know, and I've probably worked out, got a sweat going and been in the gym for 20, 25 minutes. I haven't even taken a three yet. Wow. That's obviously I know what I've known for. Yeah. But, you know, I've probably made, depending on the time of the year um, and how long I'm trying to to stay in the gym, I mean, I've made anywhere from, uh, you know, 60 to 100 shots and not one of them have have been a three yet. Um, So that was always, that was always the same. I walked in, did my ball handling, before shooting, worked inside out. And the workout, course tweaks here and there as much sure. progressed but that never changed that was that was always the same always the same coach when you would do that one-handed shot and you'd keep working your way back if you would miss would you go forward or anything or did you have a certain number of makes before you'd move to another spot yeah it was just three it was just three makes mm-hmm. yeah you start right under the rim and just make three whoever's rebounding 
uh, then take one step back, three, one step back, three. And eventually, in high, I'd go all the way to the NBA three, still with one right. hand. Like, I'm not even, and it shouldn't change. And so, you know, it, you should be able to shoot the same distance even without your guide hand, because that guide hand doesn't do a whole lot. Right. It's just supporting the ball. So, yeah, that just make three nice and easy. It wasn't anything that was rushed. It was just getting loose, keeping my mechanics, seeing it go through the net, keeping that muscle memory, and then building on on from that. But that did not waver. When I got to Oklahoma State, I had the same warm-up routine the first 15, 20 minutes of my workout. Right. And Coach Stain, with workouts too, I, I know you're a strong guy physically and you put on muscle as you were at Oklahoma State. You could you know, see that watching video. Can I ask both from a coaching standpoint and from a playing standpoint, would you lift before practice? Would you lift after practice? What are your feelings on lifting as a shooter? Uh, I always did it after. Okay. Um, true, shooting and lifting don't go together. It's proven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime I lifted, I'd always try to get in the gym, even if it's just 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like just, even if I already shot, just get in and do some form shooting to keep my flexibility and my shoulders, my muscle memory the same. Because uh, I do think it's important. And that's probably one of the biggest things for young kids is go to high school to college is the physicality. I mean, right. they, I spend more time with their strength coach over the summer than us. Mm-hmm. they're with him four or five yep. times a week. Yep. We're only with them two or three times a week. So that's probably one of the biggest differences. And so it is important, but you also have to keep that muscle memory and your form shooting. Your butt. You can't get too bulky and broad where you can't lift your shoulders. And so right. I would always try to lift after if, if possible. Um, and then in college, a little different. You have certain times. You come in the morning later. Sure. So a little different. In high school, I always lift it after. Okay. Right. Coach, and you put so much uh, shooting in. Do you have an all-time rebound team? Just somebody who's getting your shots. Is it your, your parents? Is it your friend? Is it your – you know, who was on that all-time rebounding team? Was Marcus Smart rebounding for you, Coach, when you were getting Marcus, these threes up? Marcus Smart was rebounding for me in the game. He wasn't doing that for me when my shooting went <laughs> He was getting the rebound and finally right. in transition. Right. Um, maybe my dad, there's no doubt. Okay. He, yep. He's, uh, um, I was very fortunate to have – he was there every step of the way. It didn't yeah. matter if it was 6 a.m., 10 o'clock at night, Christmas Day. He rebounded for me anytime I asked. And, you know, he kind of started it. He played football at, at Kansas. So he okay. kind of knew what it takes to get to that level. He didn't play basketball. Um, but he knew, like, yeah, you got to kind of do a lot of things differently if you want to make it to that level. And he was great rebounding, running around yeah. for me. And so – which helped me, you know, I was in and out of the gym, cut my time in half when you have a rebounder. Sure. And I know a lot of kids aren't as fortunate to have that, but yeah, my dad was, um, yeah. he was great. That's he, awesome. Every time, 6 a.m., yeah. 10, 11 o'clock at night, he was always there. And coach, you mentioned on Christmas, so I just have to ask this, when you were in the prime of your shooting, was there a day in the 365 that you didn't shoot? Did you shoot every day pretty much? I shot every day. Yeah, I'd go yeah. Christmas Day. Um, it didn't. It didn't matter. I think for me, it just got to the point. It was such a habit. Right. And just like brushing your teeth. You wake yeah. up and like, this is what you do. You don't right. think about it. Like, do I shoot? Do I not? It was just. It's part of my routine. It's part of what I do every day. And if there was a time I did not shoot, mentally, I, I was you know, out of whack. Like I was like, I got it. Even if it's like we're on the road in AAU tournaments. 
you know, you go play your games, you're gone a week, like you're not in the gym getting shots up. Mm-hmm. So even that would mess me up because I got to find a 25 right. fitness, just get in and shoot for 20, 30 minutes, at least mentally to help me out. So it just got to the point. Um, I, I, that's all I knew. And if right. this, it was just, it, might, it was part of my routine every day. Yep. And so, yeah, I, I, Christmas, uh, birthday, it, it did matter. I was finding the gym, uh, middle school dance. I'd sneak into the back in the small gym and shoot. Yeah. And I Love it. Way. Coach, so intrinsically motivated, you know, is obviously what you had. How do you, how do you get your players now as a coach? Because not everyone's wired that same way. You know, there's a lot of talented players who could be good shooters if they would probably put more work in or have that intrinsic motivation. How are you getting now on this end of it, guys to become better shooters? Yeah, you know, I think one, um, I try to recruit to that. Um, Sure. You know, Coach Ford's kind of wired the same way, and and I understand that. No, no, there, there's probably not going to be many guys like me. I, I do get that, and you know, so the thing I try to do is maximize their time the most and get them to understand. Okay, if you just give me 30, 40 minutes, mm-hmm. let's make that 30, 40 minutes as productive as possible. Right, and you know, have a plan. You go in there, get in, get out. Whether it's me, whoever, manager, GA, you're on the gun. Don't just go in there, shoot around, like get some game shots and reps. You know, Steph Curry had his camp. Um, this week, and there's a lot of stuff on Twitter going on yep. that's really good. And it talks about yep. how he's sitting there, he's got a purpose, a plan, everything's moving, game shots, every mm-hmm. rep is at game speed, and he's only doing it for you know, 40 minutes. He's not in there for three hours. You, know, you don't have right. to do that. When you're in there, be efficient, be productive, get in, get out. So I've tried to do that, and I think that's kind of my biggest message to my guys is be productive, be efficient. Right. And um, we've been fortunate. we got to get our guys are in the gym 24-7. Wow. We've kind of created that culture here uh, where our guys live in the gym. It's what it's 6 a.m. We got guys in there in between class late at night. So we're fortunate to have a good group that we don't have to beg to right. come in and work out. They, they yeah. do a good job of uh, getting in there extra of themselves. Right. I, I love that, Coach. Back to as a player, uh, when you were face guarded or teams just said, okay, on the scouting report, we are not letting Forte get a three off. Because, you know, as a coach from our end, you know, that nothing mm-hmm. drives us crazy is when yeah. great yeah. shooters get open shots. Right. Um, how did you deal with when teams would just face guard you, coach? I think the first time first time it happened, like, well, one, why are they doing this to me? Like, Marcus is the best player. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Um, it, and that's kind of when I think my training shifted a little bit. Okay. You get to the point. Where, okay, I gotta be able to shoot, you know, shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah. You do this, and all of a sudden, you know, good coaches, you get the high school varsity, they, like they scout. Some coaches are better than others, but like, hey, like, yeah, we're gonna take away the strengths. It's kind of like, whoa, I gotta find other ways to score. And so that's kind of what kind of woke me up a little bit. Like, I gotta work on my ball handling. Sure. You know, I gotta work on my explosiveness. I gotta get my core stronger so I can get by my man. Then I didn't have to have a ton, I just needed enough. Yep. You know, just enough to where I could get to my spots, get a float or a pull up off a step back. Because you had to come guard me 40 feet from the yes. back. Yes. So I just had to have enough to keep you on this, drive a close out here or there. And um, that's kind of in high school, they started doing that. And then obviously you go repeat that whole process in college as you get older in your career. And um, it's it is difficult. You know, especially mm-hmm. when you're as a shooter, you put so much time into every game. 
your preparation. And it's like, man, I have to work my butt off to just get a shot off. I might have a game where I only get three attempts up and I'm making 500 shots a day. Right. But you have those battles, but you have to watch the film. You have to understand. You have to be the smartest player on the floor. You know, that was one thing I did a lot of in high school and in college was film. Uh, Every game, not just the opponent and who we're playing, how they're going to guard me, but like, you know, reading screens and understanding that, you know, I only need a split second to get that shot off and, you know, trying to find my space. And when I have it, I got to let it go. And I played for some coaches that, let me take a lot of shots and did yeah. a good job of getting me open. You know, Coach Henderson was great. Coach yep. Ford was great. Coach Underwood. And yep. so that helped. You know, I had good coaches that understood how to help get me open. I had good players that understood, you know, where to get me the ball when I needed it. So that right. definitely helped. It's a process. It's like anything. Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit earlier before we got on our kid, Gibson Jimerson. He went through that last yep. year. And it's hard. And you have to kind of go through that, just that experience of going through it and, understanding you know just the, that split second you have your shot and taking it and the space you need and how to create your own shot and how to work on it and how to it takes time but it is a it is it's it's tough it can be frustrating um but that's why i say you got to try to be the smartest on the floor and that was always my goal no matter who we played i knew i wasn't going to be most talented but i had right. to be the smartest and so just right. watch a lot of lot of film to try to figure out okay here's a couple of things that may give me three more shots a game and yeah kind of varied game to game but um well i would try to spend a lot of time in the film room as well absolutely uh coach uh 90 of the game sometimes people will say is mental you know 10 percent physical whatever but um how about a slump i i gotta did you ever get in a shooting slump and in your head how does how do you get out of a, a shooting slump if you're in one as a shooter well too many i've been in too many shootings <laughs> We all have, you know, know, and it's part of the game and you play this game long enough. You're you're going to go through it. Um, You know, I'll never forget watching NBA finals is when the Celtics, uh, I can't remember if there's a year they beat the Lakers. They lost, I think they lost this year, but it was like game two or three. Ray Allen set the record at the time for most threes made in a game. I don't remember the number, but he broke the record Mm -hmm. eight, nine, 10 threes, whatever it was at the time. Yep was unconscious yeah you went like three for 30 the rest of the series wow yeah and that's a top one two shooter of all time all time so yeah. it happens and i'll never forget watch that like it happens to ray allen yeah it happened to me and it, yeah. that's just part of it, it happens to step whoever it's a part of the game and that was another big big challenge and you get older through your career you have experiences you learn how to deal with it Yep. I think for me, my confidence came from my preparation. Okay. And so yeah. when I would go through slumps, it's like, look, I make too many shots. I can go to the free throw line and make 10 in a row with my eyes closed. I yep. play games like that. Yeah. Like I go to the free throw line, close my eyes, boom, 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 whap, whap, 10, 12 in a row. Okay. Like, yep. I got, you know, it's just yep. I'd stay in the gym and I put music on and whatever my favorite music was at the time. Yep. I'm not thinking about it. I'm just shooting and shit and, and just gave me more and more confidence. And so when I would go through slumps, that's where my confidence came from. It's like, look, I've done this. I've been the right. gym. So I, I deserve to have this confidence when I take the court. And it just takes, you know, one or two to go in yep. early and over. And it's over yep. and then, you're then you're going. It's a game. So yep. Yep. Um, that's kind of how I tried to handle it, especially as I sure. got older. Yep. Um, 
And the more times you go through those experiences, you learn from them. But yeah, I mean, I'd go shoot right after the game all the time. You know, stuff okay. like that. Yep. I mean, I've had those probably more than I want to remember. Yeah. Um, but that was my way of trying to combat. I just get in the gym. So the next game we play, two, three days later, it's like, look, I might have won for 14 game before, but I know that I've outworked every single player I'm about to play. Right. So that's kind of what made up for yep. that. It would give me confidence. So that's yep. kind of how I tried to try to handle that. Coach, that makes perfect sense. And I, all players go into some type of slump, but you didn't stay in one very long. I watched most of your games, Coach. It wasn't too long. Coach, favorite shot. If you, you know, what, what did you love to get in the game? Was it, first of all, uh, drive and kick it out to you? Do you like that? Or uh, coming off screens? I know you got your threes off the bounce. You got your threes every which way. What were some of your favorite shots, Coach, that you just, I, I need to get this shot in a game, feel good about it? Yeah, uh, I think there's, there's several. And again, kind of like as your career expands, you your game expands as well. You know, I think sure. in college, it was the transition three was kind of my money shot. You know, yeah. get out transition, especially and kind of going back to trying to get open. You know, teams getting matched up, they're scrambling. That was my time. I was gone. Like, yeah. We got the rebound. I wasn't even thinking. I was trying to get out. That was my time to try to get an open look. And it was a good shot for me. Um, so that, I think that was, it was, that's one, um, the pull up three in transition, you know, just because I, yeah. again, that guy's backpedaling back, especially if it's a big, I knew they were done. Like yeah. they had no chance of just going to keep backpedaling, backpedaling, backpedaling. I had to stop on a dime, pull up. Ways shoot it. And those are shots that I had taken thousands and thousands yeah. of for eight, 10 years. And so they're just, they're just kind of automatic. Um, but those are two. And then mm -hmm. the shot fake side dribble three. You know, I think that was another one that I yeah. just when I got those, I felt pretty confident that those were usually usually going in. Um, okay. So okay. Three, coach three in shots. in the transition, did did Coach Ford have you running a lot to the corners for those transition threes, or where were you finding those a lot in transition? It was mainly the wing. The um, wing. We okay. Tell our guys to run to the corner, but usually mm -hmm. it's on a break, and we got a four sure. three three on two. Yep. I'm just running wide. And our guys knew, like I played with yep. Joan Evans and Marcus Smart. Mm. You know, so yep. they knew how to get me up on in transition. It was taught like, yep. you know, like, hey, this is a time. Like if you don't have a layup or your big man's not open ahead of you for a dunk, you need to find him. Right. And so it was kind of taught. We kind of practiced it. And so they knew where I was going to be. I was on that right wing. I was going to run to the three yep. point line. And it's just it's hard to get out there. It's hard to get matched up, even if you're on the scouting report. It's just you're kind of in scramble mode then. And so, yeah, there'd be times I'd get nine points a game just from teams not getting matched up in transition, just because it's it's hard to do. Yeah. Yep. So when I practice yep. that every day, yep. transition three, I do it by myself. Man, make ten on each side every single day. So again, it's just muscle memory. Do it over and over and over again. It can happen. Yep. Yep, finding it against broken defense and transition. And yeah. when you play with smart teammate, teammates, they're going to find you. Coach, I got two more shooting questions, and I know that we're going to talk some some coaching basketball. These, this is just so great, Coach. These are great nuggets for, for kids listening and, and shooting and coaches. Uh, free throw, Coach, what was your free throw routine? You, you led the nation one year, uh, which is mm -hmm. very impressive. Um, tell us about your free throw routine. And also, did it change from high school to college, or did you, did you, has it always stayed the same? I had the same free throw routine since third grade. Wow. So okay. I did not change it ever. Yep. It simple three dribbles, spin it, let it hit the floor, right into my shot. Okay. Uh, it's simple. 
tried to keep it short enough to where I could just get a couple bounces, catch my breath, keep my rhythm. But yeah, I, I kept the same routine since third grade. So I wasn't even thinking about anything but that ball going through the net when I was at the free throw line. And yep. um, I never, I never ever once can remember going to the free throw line. Okay, I'm going to make 500 free throws today. Never did it. Okay. Um, that was my resting point. You know, yeah. I'd go do my 20 here, take 10. Go do mm-hmm. my whatever there. Come, that was my rest time. Okay. Um, now at the end, I'd play games like, okay, I got to make five in a row. I got to swish yep. five in a row or whatever to end my workout. But I never went to the free throw line. I was like, okay, I'm going to make 100 free throws, 200 free throws. Never, never did that. Okay. Because always in between, because you know, your free throws come and go in the game, you're never just sitting there. Right. It's over and over. You're not going to shoot more than two or maybe three. Right. So that's kind of how I looked at it. That was my rest point and just came in between my sets. And by the time my workout was over, I'd usually had made 100, 150 free throws. Right. Um, so, yeah, right. that's kind of how I always worked them in and had the same routine forever. So that, that's again, awesome. That's yeah. memory. You know, you're yep. over and over and over and over and to where yep. the body's not even thinking about it. It just yep. happens. And same routine since third grade. I love that. Coach, when you had the ball in your hands, if you're receiving a pick and roll, obviously, you know, teams are going to do different things to you because you're a shooter. No one's, no one's smart would go under that. What did you like to see? And when, when would you raise up? If they would switch, would you drag the big man out and then splash a three? Or what did you like to see? Okay, they're going to do this. They're in trouble. Yeah, you know, I like, I think ice, if we tried to ice it, because our bit, we would teach them to, twist it and get under that mm-hmm. bottom leg and i'd try to snake it to the middle i mean anything if you were you know hard hedge was always the most difficult for me to get a shot off of one i was smaller um but i still think to this day when young players see bodies at the level that screen that's the hardest coverage right on the best point guards in the country and when you're there i'm not even a hard hedge, but that big man if he can move good enough and he's at the level that screen he could at least see you there Yes. You're gonna put your head down for a split second, yep. and so uh, that would probably be the one that I struggled with the most. But if you okay. were in, if that big was late, it was over. Over. Pull when up. I was getting a ball screen, I was looking at where's the five man. Like I was okay. never looking at my man. Ever. Right. That's okay. Him. That's what I, I wanted to add. Because if he's late, I'm shooting it. Yep. You know, and then yep. okay, maybe he is a little late, and he tries to sprint, he lunges, and I try to run at his knee, draw a foul. Okay. Or something like that, or yep. maybe you try to split it. But that's what I was really looking at is where's the five? If he's late, I got him one way or another, whether I'm shooting yep. it or splitting it. But that was kind of my thought process uh, when receiving a ball screen. I was trying to find the big where he was at. Love that. Uh, Coach, uh, this is the last shooting question. Sorry. <laughs> this is just too good. Go. Coach, yeah. favorite. Favorite shooting drill, uh, maybe even for the coaches out there, uh, for their teams, you know, in high school, college, we love to, to sprinkle in shooting drills. Is there any one that stands out more than others or just one you want to share? Man, um, there's – so I'll give you two. Okay. One's kind of a drill that we do with our guys. It's for fun. And the other one's – pretty simple but we they're both you have a number you keep track you post it you see everybody's score and also right. individually you know okay this gives me a number to beat next time i do think that stuff's important with kids we can see a number and they can try to beat it i, I do think that's that's important to try to incorpor- incorporate that as much sure. as possible yep. um the first one is very we do it at uh 
St. Louis, Coach Ford at Oklahoma State. It's called five-minute shooting. We usually do it at the very end. Simple. You just can't shoot in the same spot more than once. You're around okay. the arc, three-point line, just going around the world, basically. Nothing but threes. And you have your two, three managers, two balls, however many. And you okay. just go around yep. the arc and back. And the first time you do it, I mean, your guys will get – I mean, they're tired by two and a half minutes. Sure. You'd be surprised how – it's just it's late in the workouts last thing your arms are tired your legs are tired and it's just you shoot when you're fatigued and so mm -hmm. that's why i always think it's good simple drill but you know it's kind of become like the drill that yeah. our guys try to compete at just simple okay. five minutes shooting all threes just can't shoot in the same spot another one that our guys have liked this i got it from the celtics they call it baseball it's not a crazy drill you know we do it here you have the nine nine spots which represent mm -hmm. the nine innings and every make if it hits the rim is a, is a hit on base okay every swish is a home run every time you miss is an out so if i shoot the first one rattles in second one rattles in that's two on base run our first yep. second no runs yet yep i swish the third shot okay well that's three that's the home run and give me three so i got three points total yep keep shooting you know yep. I so if I switch that first one, I got four, then five. It's a cumulative total. Yep. And then I miss those three, then I go to the second spot. Because three outs. Yep. The score, your total stays the same, but then you yeah. go to the second inning. Yeah. And the only way you get a run is a swish. Okay. Um, and so, again, just the fun. That's yep. a fun game. Yeah. We usually do it at the end, but you keep it tally, you know, like anything else. Right. And, right. Um, it adds a little bit pressure. There's a little pressure to it, I think. And, um, no, so it's been, that drill's been good, good to us. But those are just two kind of, kind of right. Off, off the those top. are good, coach, and I love how both of them have a scoring system, you know, yeah. and then they can compete yeah. against each other because obviously that's a big part of it. Coach, fabulous stuff on shooting. Um, getting to a little bit more playing, and I want to talk St. Louis basketball because I'm really excited about your team next year. But just your days at Oklahoma State. How special was it after winning a state championship to go play with one of your best friends and obviously a great player and getting that time with Marcus Smart at Oklahoma State also? Yeah, no, I mean, it was um, probably the best part of me going there. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of happened unexpectedly. We weren't really planning on doing it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask how that went, Coach. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about it. Both just kind of went on the visit and both liked it and – um, Marcus could go play anywhere, you know, it didn't matter yeah. to him. But for me, I was like, you know, they recruited me more than yeah. Marcus for a visit. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, well, that's a first. So sign me up. <laughs> right. And, and Coach Fordham did a great job, but it just, it, we just had such a good bond. And like, he didn't, it just, that's Marcus though. Like, he didn't care about the North Carolina. He didn't care about mm -hmm. that. We could have went. And yep. we just wanted to play together. And it actually worked out being good for him. You know, we got the ball in his hands. Sure. It was the point, you know, it was a lot of pros for him that ended up working out. Um, but it, I mean, playing with him since third grade, you you just pick up on so much. Yeah. I'm always, I'm really big. You get better when you play with better players. You do. Yeah, and sure. You go against him every day. Uh, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get better. <laughs> you right. Know? Right. So, I mean, I, at the time, if you told him like, yeah, you're playing against defensive player of the year every day. Like, NBA. Yeah. One-on-one, you know, I thought you were – but, yeah, that's what I was going against. So, the game came. Right. Even the freshman year at OSU, it didn't matter if we were playing Kansas or uh, NC State. It's like I played against – you don't have anybody better than that. 
So right. I mean, you pick up on his competitiveness, his will to right. win, his leadership, the way he talks, yep. the way he plays the game, you know, all of that, just being around him so long, you just pick up on, on all of that. And so, uh, but it's just the friendship part was, was big. Right. And just going to experience that with him for two years was, was a great experience. A special coach. And I saw you were out there for his, you know, the Celtics in the finals this year, supporting him and all the way through. And I know you guys have a special friendship. Uh, just one more question quickly about uh, him, coach. Being a defensive player year the year, was he always wired that way on defense? Uh, you know, just that toughness that we all see on TV. Is he, has he always been like that? Since third grade. Wow. That's the one thing that he's, that's made him. I mean, uh-huh. that's been what's made him so great is – the way he plays, you know, Marcus has never had a bad practice. Wow. You know, never. I mean, he steps between those lines. Now, he may not make every shot. Yeah. He's going to be the hardest. This team's always going to win. He's going to talk the entire time. Mm. That's just, that's always been him. And that's right. what made him, him and why he's got a four-year, $84 million contract right now. And it's not because right. he shoots a greater go score, you know, like he probably not like that if you heard me say that, but like he make, he's making the money just because he's a winner yeah and he's a win he makes his team better he does the things that most people don't want to do and Absolutely. he affects the game in so many ways you know i always say you don't know what he does for your team unless you coach him or you play with him one of the two and yeah. you hear all these trade rumors every year marcus and trade. you know knock on wood and happen yeah because they know if you're in that celtics organization you're trying to win a championship like they know like is he they perfect know. no but they know yeah. if you're trying to win you gotta have that dude you have to yeah Yep. And um, so, yeah, he's always, always, always been wired like that. And it's what's awesome. made him. It's what makes him different and makes him special. Right. So. Right. Well, coach, we won't go into I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. So I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. <laughs> I, lo- I love I Marcus there, Smart. Six, by the way. I was there. Man, where are you yeah. really, man? Yeah. yeah. That was a, he was he was incredible, yeah. though. No, I get nothing but respect. I always have for him and, and everything you said. That's, that's so cool that you guys are friends, played together, won a ring in high school together. Coach, I got to ask you about the rivalry with Oklahoma when you played at Oklahoma State. I mean, what is that like two big schools in the same state uh, played each other? You're probably involved in eight plus games against them. Uh, what is that rivalry like? Yeah, you know, too, it goes back to when we were recruited. Mm. You know, it was really between Oklahoma State and OU for, you know, where me and Marcus were going to go play. And so wow. you kind of, that ties it back even further. But then I was there five years, and I was in college for five mm-hmm. years. And so, which doesn't happen a whole lot nowadays. Right. The transfer portal and the way the game is or going to the league or wherever, trying to make money. Um, you That rivalry – will change you if you're there for five years. Right. Heck yeah. No. Um, so yeah, and they had some really good teams when I was there. That one year they went to the final four. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Coach Kruger did a great job. They had some really, really good teams. A couple of those guys I knew even coming in my class, AAU and stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I was not a big Oklahoma fan. Uh <laughs> To, to say the least. And even now, you know, when I watch it, it could be swimming. If I'm cheering against those <laughs> and with swimming yeah. gymnastics or whatever, but some really good battles with them. And um, in my last year, you know, we ended up sweeping them for right. I'm in like 10 years. You know, it yep. just hadn't happened. And so that was a good way to go out. Absolutely. Sure. Just it kind of tied up all those games. Like you said, playing 10 times or so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that, um, 
not yes. a big Sooner fan, to, it, to say the least. Sure. I mean, you're both in the, in the same conference, in the same state, yeah. and it's, it's fun. I love college basketball coaches. Speaking of college basketball, now you're coaching it with your head coach at Oklahoma State. What's that been like coaching with Coach Ford again? I know you were there first, I believe, as a GA, and then I knew you had Sam Houston, and now you've returned as a coach. How's everything going there at St. Louis and then being back with Coach Ford? It's been great. Um, it makes the transition easy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've known coach now for 10 years, you know, wow. dating back from when he recruited me and played for him. And so it is, it is unique, especially, you know, I show up to the office every day and I don't, you know, that's just, it's, it's coach for, you know, he's almost yeah. been like a second dad to me. He really has sure. his basketball, the awesome. things he's gone through in my life, his wife, his kids, his parents, you know, we're all one big family and it's been special because I know it's not like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been an easy transition. Uh, he's been great to work for. He, uh, you know, lets me do a lot, gives me a lot of freedom, whatever it may be. Um, so it's been great, you know, and I want to work for him. You know, I sure. try to work really hard for him. I don't want to let him down. I feel like I owe him. You know, he gave me an opportunity to play in the Big 12 when most coaches did it. And yep. he believed in me when I did it and probably had more confidence in me than I ever did in myself. So I feel like I've always owed him anyway. So to come back and work for him as an assistant has been very special for sure. That, that's, that's really cool, Coach. And I know you guys have a great team returning. Uh, before we just talk a little bit about your team coming back next year, Coach, can you tell us about the trip, what you guys are getting ready to yeah. do, and, and also just kind of how that works? Because not everyone's aware that you know college yeah. basketball teams will go overseas and play. And I know you got to play in one when you were at Oklahoma State, go overseas and play also. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great experience um, to get over there. You know, most I know this is the only way I've been overseas was when mm -hmm. I played for Coach Ford and we went now with our guys coming up. So you can go see a lot of things that normally you wouldn't. You know, once every four years, the NCAA will let you go overseas mm -hmm. and take these foreign trips. And the best thing that you get out of it is 10 additional days of practice. Right. So you get your real practices. You know, you get more hours on the floor because in the summer – we're only getting four a week. The other four go to our strength coach. So right. you're very limited. So you get another two, two and a half weeks with your guys. You get more time with them on the floor. You can put a few things in. So you get to get a little bit ahead. That's yep. really the main thing you get out of it. The games are kind of hit or miss. Like you see some scores, like Auburn won by 40 the other day, and then I think they lost it. You know, like the games are sure. hit or miss. Some teams right. are better than others. You don't really know. Yep. Um, and then you get the experience, the camaraderie, your whole yes. guy, your team goes over yes. there, you get to be around each other for 10 days, nobody else, our travel party is just us, you know, just mm -hmm. us that are going and be around each other. And that's really, I think, the, the best thing that we'll get out of it right. is just being around each other, go experience some things that are probably going to be the only time in our life many of us get to do them. Um, so, yeah, we do go, we go there Friday, we'll go to... Uh, uh, Madrid, Rome, and Florence uh, played three games. Wow. Yes. Uh, head out there Friday. That'd be a long trip, but yeah, we're, we're excited. It, I love that in the team bonding. Coach, I think we should have did this live in Florence, you know, on set. And <laughs> I could have came out there also and did the broadcast. And, yeah. But no, Coach, I am excited for you guys. And yeah, you can't beat that team bonding and those 10 extra uh, practices. Coach, you have a really good conference, the A10. What? What's 
makes you guys the buzz and and i've seen i know you don't want to talk predictions but i've i've seen a lot of people talking you guys up a top 25 type team and um there's a lot of hype around this st louis team and i know you guys are in the moment but just what makes this team a special team coming back coach i think you know this group is very experienced and it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily even the the transfers yeah we got two that that will help but for five of these guys have played together for three, four years, right? which is, is special and is and even harder to do now with the way the transfer portal works and everything. And so um, that's why I think we'll be really good is because these guys have played together for a while. Right. And a lot of them came in in high school. You know, they, they like Yuri, Gibson, Fred, TJ. We got five guys that have came in as high school kids mm-hmm. and they've been here. So they have the sweat equity. You know, they have. Yeah. They understand what it means to go play at Dayton and at VCU and go to the NCAA tournament is at St. Louis. You know, it yep. means something. Yep. And so that's why I think, you know, we'll have a good year this year is because of, you know, those core guys returning when, yeah, they had options to leave, you know, professionally or other places. And so them deciding to come back and try to do something special that maybe we haven't done in a while um, is, I think, why we'll, we'll have a chance to, make a run at it this year and we had a couple of new guys that will help us for sure um and we have great kids they love being in the gym they want to work you know we had some injuries right. last year we get to stay healthy you know take it kind of one day at a time get lost in the moment and just getting better you know i think that we'll have a chance to, to make some noise this year yep absolutely coach i'm really excited to watch them um coach being in in your conference now and considered a mid-major and then playing at a high major uh, you know, all college basketball is great, Coach. Um, what is the differences that you kind of feel, you know, high major and, and mid-major as far as just from a player's perspective in recruiting? Because, you know, that we see so many good players out there, and some people will say that's a high major, and some people will, you know, he ends up at, at, at a lower school or whatever. Um, do you think there is a big gap after playing in the Big 12 and then coaching in the Atlantic 10? Um. You know, I, I really don't. And just being in the, the A-10 now, being in the league, you know, yeah, there are some better players from top to bottom in the Big 12 and SEC, ACC, sure. Um, but, you know, the really good teams in our league, the really good teams, you know, when some of these really good mid-major conferences go beat those teams. I mean, Richmond yep. just did it last year. Exactly. Right? Yep. And, uh, Very good. One possession away against mm-hmm. Michigan State. So, the really good teams in our league, there's, if you're winning the league, there's probably not a difference, mm-hmm. to be honest. Now you may have to recruit a different way. You may have to right. figure out a different way to form your team and recruit to your system, your fit, in order to beat those teams. There's a different right. way you can do it. But there's not a there's not a difference. I really don't. And after right. being here, there's not like all of our guys can go play at Oklahoma State right now. Yeah. There's, I okay. mean, they can't. You know, our, yeah. our starting five, they can go. There, there's yep. no doubt. So um there's not that huge of a difference and that's why i think the fit this just when you're recruiting you try to recruit to your style of play what fits you and not try to get caught up in oh he's this or he's that he's been recruited by right. him. what fits us what fits our culture and our program and that's been good because again high school kids have been our, our best players because they've stayed in our program they yep. developed got older they have the sweat equity in our program now to where it means something to go win the A-10 tournament, go to NCAA tournament and do those things. And, um, but I, I don't, you know, I mean, the way we travel, same Oklahoma State travels, hotels, yep. is the same. all that, you know, there's not a huge difference. 
um, except you don't have that, you know, quote unquote power five label. That's yeah. the biggest thing. But um, right. the, there's really not as far as the top teams. There's, there's I wouldn't say there's. Uh, right. Well, none of those teams are going to want to schedule you guys next year. I'm sure, you know, his schedule's done, but I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. we know, yeah. Coach. And, and, and it's exciting uh, brand you guys bring. Coach, is it fair to say uh, next year is, is a team that I know you can't, you know, display or, or just tell the world your goals maybe, but it's an NCAA tournament team. So when you're coaching that right now, I mean, is that something you guys talk about it openly with your team or just stay in the day or how do you handle that? expectations being so high next year yeah you know i think it's something that we've brought up and mentioned mm -hmm. you know i think that's something that everybody wants to do like right now on a roster we only have one guy that was on the ncaa tournament team okay that's three years ago whenever it was um so a lot of guys that haven't been and yep. um so we know what the goal is we, sure. we know what people are you know saying. we yep. hear all that i think our thing is just focus on today Yep. focus on getting better like it's it reminds me a lot of even high school you know we won the state championship like yeah. junior year we come back and trying to win again our scene like that's all everybody want to talk about you know, yep. back and there's so much that goes on from now until march yeah you know, there's so many good moments so many challenges opportunities fun tournaments games yeah yep. enjoy that you know enjoy that process enjoy right. that journey to March, you know, whenever March gets here, we handle that, but we just got to focus on today and tomorrow and whatever comes, you know, enjoy all that because it's going to go quick. You know, enjoy that process. And that's kind of been our message to our guys up to this point is just get better. Let's yeah. get, better, get better today. You know, the rest will come, but we, we got to worry about ourselves. So yep. um, to an extent we brought it up, but they know, you know, our guys yep. know this is why they all came back. This is why they're here. And, we hear we have, everyone's got Twitter, social media now. Sure. So you yep. know, but it's just yep. about us getting better every day. That's kind of been the main main message. Yep. And it, it sounds like you guys are staying in the moment. You guys are going to be an exciting team to watch. I know this trip will be good for you. Coach, before we go, this has been great. I got two more quick questions yep. for you that I have to ask. Uh, number one, going back to real quick. I got to ask this as a player, I was sitting here thinking about all the shooting things and I'm looking at your statistics in front of me. Is there one that you're most proud of coach? I mean, I know you hold multiple records with three pointers or anything, but is there just something when you look back at your career and say, I'm, I'm, I'm just damn proud of that. You know, it, it, it there is. And cause it, it'd probably be that, uh, I think it's sixth all time in steals. At, at mm, okay. There it's it is. Most people don't know when think, and yeah, I'm, uh obviously known for my shooting but um that's probably one that i do have a lot of pride in and just because not many people or they would have the same reaction you just had you know it's yeah. something you yeah. don't love. and yeah. so that's probably the one that's probably the one that is cool one of the all-time best shooters says he's most proud yeah. of is this deal so that just shows you everyone yeah. out there defense yeah. matters even to shooters yeah. right coach yeah. i know it does right. um right. One question we ask our guest coach is if we're coming to town to watch a practice or something, uh, watch a game, uh, where, where, do you, where can we go eat? You live in St. Louis, coach. I, mm -hmm. I know you've been there now a while. Uh, you got some good spots to eat. Where does Coach Forte like to go eat when he gets a little time away from the ball team? Yeah, you got to go to somewhere on the hill. You know, probably okay. Charlie Vito's is the one that I recommend. You know, big Italian spot here. Toasted ravioli was invented here. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so some really, yeah. really good Italian places uh, here in St. Louis. And then there's a place called Pappy's Barbecue uh, right around the corner from campus that's very, very famous and has a lot of publicity and is nationally known. Sure. 
Yep. Uh, so good barbecue, good Italian. It's a, a little Italian village type deal. It's called the Hill. And so mm-hmm. get any Italian food up there. You can't go wrong with you can get into Charlie Gito's. That's the one I recommend. Okay, Charlie. I love it, Coach. And St. Louis is such a great city, and you have a great program. Coach, thank you so much. I know you're busy this week with the trip and for taking the time for everyone out there listening. Couldn't appreciate it enough. Coach, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on tonight. No, no problem. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, uh, it was great. I enjoyed talking basketball with you and everything. And uh, if you're ever in St. Louis, let me know. Absolutely, Coach. We'll stay in touch. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Dan. You bet. Coach Phil Forte, man, uh, just great stuff about shooting and, and the Billikens are going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, excellent, excellent young coach and an up and coming head coach. We didn't get into his coaching, but I've seen him at Sam Houston State. He is an up and coming young rising coach for a great program in St. Louis. Thank you again for joining tonight, uh, Basketball and Brew. We would just appreciate that. We ask you to subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, real quick, smack that subscribe button. If you're watching on Twitter, please follow us on Twitter um, or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank my producer, Jude McLaren. He's the man who makes all this happen. And thank everyone out there who listened. And until next time, thank you again for watching Basketball and Brew.